I always find out that, 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 that our way of making projects and processes visual are just a little part of the possibilities where visual thinking can enhance personal development, communication, community building or whatever kind of activities. Welcome everybody, this is the Bicablo Radio, the visual facilitation podcast. My name is Marcel van Hove and our guest today is Martin Hausmann. Martin, welcome to the show. Hi, happy to be there. <laughs> Great to have you on the show. Right. Martin, you are definitely one of the founders and starters of the Picablo Academy, but I know that you also work as a visual artist on stage. Can you explain what actually you're doing there? What is that about? It's a bit hard to explain without pictures. All right. Same mm -hmm. thing with visual facilitation <laughs> and graphic recording. Yeah. You have to see it to understand it. But what I am doing as a second profession and at a pass, as, as a passion as well is also like in graphic recording or in visual facilitation to draw life with audience. Yeah. But not in a process facilitation context but in a theater context. So I work together mostly with um, um, visual, uh, not, not visual, I, I work uh, together with uh, artists in France. Uh -huh. One is a jazz musician. Yes. I have a, um, like a children's theater, quite surreal mm -hmm. children's theater with him. And the second thing that I did lately was to work together with a, a modern dance contemporary dance uh, theater company. And what I do is to project uh, collage and uh, real-time drawing with the overhead projector. So You remember these uh, bulky uh, machines standing in the, in the school classes, <laughs> yes. throwing light, and, and, and uh, the teacher used them to, with, with like these transparent foils yeah. and um, drew on them and, 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 and wrote on them with a, with a special pen. So that's the device that I use for arts so that means but um, that's the second thing the first thing of course is yeah leading the picablo academy being a visual yeah we come to that in a second but let me try to get that like yeah. the 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 people dance on stage while basically um on the background there's some projection of live drawn art right do i got this yes. roughly right And then there's yeah. Not only on it's, it's not only a backdrop. It's also drawing on people's bodies, for example. Wow! So you can um, with my small with my small overhead projector, I can actually make an image of ten meters large. So um, I can interact with people. I can interact with the players, and uh, that's that's a mostly experimental thing. Uh -huh. But anyway, people like it. Very very nice. Great. Good stuff. Yeah. And um, if I'm right, I, and I hear it already a, a little bit in the background, which is great, um, you're also a father of a, just how old is your son, if I'm right? My son is um, um, 15 months now. Uh -huh. And, well, he's in, this, in, in another room, but uh, we might hear him. He, <laughs> yes, which He is has great. two words he always says. One is Enten, which is ducks. Yeah. And the second is da oben, which means up there. Up there. Yes. I don't know how, why he got this word, but um, I think for him, most things are up there. Yep. So okay. Yes. From we will hear him. Yep. 
just shouting up there and and, and it's and not <laughs> father or dad or mom so he he uses some kind of pa 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 but that's for my wife Sharon and me <laughs> in, in yes so we both are kind of pa 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 yep great all right so um and it's great that you take time off and that you have a second for us and um yeah. if we if we drive into into visual facilitation and into graphic recording mm -hmm. it's like yeah um often when you do a graphic recording when you're on stage you get this ask this this um very special question and i thought i i asked you that as just to to figure out what is your reply to that and what is uh, what is actually the answer it's like oh my god that looks amazing have you ever drawn in your whole life were you always so creative so how does it started for you to be a visual facilitator and of course you see the point like it's not about creativity but how did you start it I usually um, have two answers. First answer is I started at possibly the age of two or three <laughs> years. Yes. Drawing on a on a blackboard on the terrace of my father's house with chalks. There's a, there's a picture which proves yep. this uh, first um, very abstract actually and very expressive drawing. Um, practice. And the second answer is, I started 12 years ago, being uh, mostly a graphic designer and an illustrator. Though I have um, a graphic design background, which is mostly information design, information and communication design. Um, 12 years ago, Holger Scholz, which is the founder of Kommunikationslotsen, the Uh, Kommunikationslotsen is a German consulting company where I am an associated part of since then. Um, and Holger asked me, uh, look, Martin, you are a graphic designer and illustrator. I have, uh, as a, as a um, group facilitator and, and process facilitator, a job where I would like to have somebody that uh, draws the process they call it a graphic recorder. I've seen it in a in an event in Great Britain and I really liked it. So would you just join in and try out? And I thought, well, that's really amazing. I never did something like drawing in public or for uh, some kind of um, yeah business or corporate uh, event. So I thought, well, Uh, I, I just give it a try, and I've, I've never heard of graphic recording before. I thought this was just an, a wired uh, uh, management, new kind of uh, whatever fancy stuff. But yeah. uh, when I did it the first time, I remember it was a, it was a company in Stuttgart, which is in the south of Germany. Um, I did it just in my regular comic or cartoon style, and what I found that uh, people with this very cartoonish pictures um, liked their own ideas more because they were somehow valued by the picture. Yes. So, you... so this was my, my possibly first um, connection with the thing called graphic recording and visual facilitation. And since then, we've been improving the technique, improving the connection to... Uh, the consulting process and so on. So, so like 12 years yeah. ago was, was for me the kind of uh, first uh, step into this world. Yeah, and, and we were recording this 2015, so it was 2003, if I'm right. 
And yeah. then you started from from there working only as a graphic recorder, or how does it went then from there being there with with um, Holger Scholz um, from there? Yeah, how does it started then to be come more like a profession? It started quite quickly to be um, like a like a thing that we developed quickly, yes. Um, in fact, we had like a job a month. Then it became more, we had new colleagues to join in the, the team. And what we found out very quickly that people um, liked the drawings and people liked the approach to have um, a recording done in real time, so it was part of the communication, part of the of the group process within um, a conference or a meeting or a workshop. And people liked to learn it by themselves. So what we did quite right away was uh, our first attempt to teach people how to draw, even if they had no um, artistic, graphic, creative background yeah and and um, we we profited from the graphic recording in the sense that if you're a graphic recorder you have to be very very quick in gathering an idea and transforming it into a picture so what what, what I developed personally was a very easy style of drawing which was more based on pictograms rather than on on, on uh, arts or illustration. So we found out that there's a very, very simple visual language we could also use to teach others to draw. And and coming from this, this um, like definitely more creative and illustrative background. And you're yeah. like, I've seen people who start from this angle coming into graphic recording, who then basically these, um, how would I say, these skill or... Um, like leave their skills behind they of this creative drawing to be, mm. to be able to capture life in real time and yeah. how was that how that how was that for you right i always say there's three um, three doors into the world of, of of visual facilitation graphic recording the first one is the the door through design through drawing which which was mine actually because i was a i was an illustrator not much into the the group process consulting. The second door is actually facilitation. So people that work with groups as facilitators, as consultants, as trainers, as, like we say in German, moderatoren, I wonder if this, this word exists in, in English, um, as coaches, for example. So they um, have a process background and they have to learn how to draw. And the third um, uh, door is the door of content, so specialists in a certain field that have uh, specialized knowledge or that work in in uh, universities or that have a, a knowledge background, also can step into the world of visuals because they want possibly to explain the things that they deal with. So everybody that steps into this world of uh, visual language brings in some special skills and has to learn some special skills. For me being a graphic, for me being a, a graphic artist, it was important to learn about process, to learn about how to deal with the group, 
to learn about how a consultant's um, or, or a facilitator, um, a change facilitator, as we we call it, works with the with the with the, um, the group's content. On the other hand, a facilitator has to learn how to draw in a very simple way, and uh, but both is possible. Let so, me try whether I got this right. Like the three doors you mentioned, yeah. it, one is mm -hmm. from you coming as more from an artistic background. So drawing is yeah. second nature to you. You come to into that world, mm -hmm. and now you challenge this thing to uh, meet a lot of people who are you're maybe on stage mm -hmm. in an in an audience. Everyone is watching you, and you draw and write words live on stage. That's the angle mm -hmm. that the illustrator or the the artist comes in. Yeah, if I'm right, right. Yeah, And the other door is more from the facilitator perspective where you are used to work with big groups or where you are used to run meetings as a facilitator. And then you use mm -hmm. this visual language as, as, a, as a tool to, to run better meetings. Is that the second door? Yes. Yeah? And to, to have people um, see their process and their content. And then the, the, the third one is... Or like like 90 degrees to that, I would say. Like I saw this mm -hmm. left and right, and, and this is really yeah. where you come with your domain knowledge, where you come in with your. Mm -hmm. Let's say you work for an energy company, and you step into that with yeah. your with your domain knowledge of of um, how yeah. how a power plant rocks, and then mm -hmm. you have to learn both. But you don't have you are basically an expert into into that um, um, like world, and it makes it easy for you to learn facilitation as well as drawing on it, right? It always depends a little on what you want to do, since uh, visual facilitation has many aspects. I rather use the word uh, visual language as a, or visual thinking. I, th I think visual thinking is the, the broadest term that you can use for this very, very um, exciting field of work, because you can use visual language for explaining things. This would be, I think, rather something for an expert that wants to teach people or want to explain to somebody from a, di from, a, from a different area what he is exploring or what he's, what he's found out, possibly. So um, explaining things and, and um, yeah, all kinds related to teaching and, and, and learning is one, one basis. If you, if you are into that, you don't need to know that much about um, group processes. Yeah. But if it gets into um, facilitating groups, being a business consultant, being a coach, being a trainer, you need to know also about how to um, create a room for dialogue mm -hmm. and how to create a room where people can work with each other in a um, in a way that uh, co-creation is possible. Yeah. So this is an aspect uh, which is, I think, as important as having drawing skills. Because if you're, for example, if, if we get back to the first door, which is the artistic door, if you are an artist and you get into group processes and you just step in, uh, set up your canvas, and start to draw without knowing about the process itself and without knowing about how to deal with the process, um, the result will be a nice picture with some highlights or some content that you gathered 
by circumstance, but with without uh, the the group knowledge or the group process knowledge, you will not be able to really facilitate visually. You can do nice pictures, and people will possibly like it, but if it's not based on the group facilitation process, it's just decoration. So let so me. Graphic recorder has also be some kind of group facilitator. Let me try whether I get get this right. So that means when you are not when you just come around as a graphic recorder and you are not part of yeah. the preparation process of what's going on, it makes it a bit harder to to know where 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 to go with your drawing. Where's the outcome that this facilitator wants to achieve? Where's the goal? Is this a is this a conversation around the roadmap? You know, draw basically mm -hmm. a street, or is this something where? Um, Uh, you, you just hear a couple of speech bubbles, but you just don't know the bigger picture. Is this right? Yes. It... I would even go further and put up the question, which which is crucial to any intervention within um, groups, processes, change, and so on, which is a question of the intention. What intention do you have? And what intention does the group or the, the, the system have? And... That's the first thing you have to find out as a consultant and also as a graphic recorder. If you think, or if the group, like the pilot group that pilots, pilots a, a change process, finds out that the intention is that a lot of people in a very large company have the same guiding principles, the task of the graphic recorder could be to find out, out of a dialogue process, possible guiding principles, like, uh, for example, um, let's always talk about problems with the people that we have trouble with and not with their bosses. This could be a guiding principle. So the, the task of the graphic recorder could be to find out these guiding principles or ideas for guiding principles to display them visually so everybody can understand and then to ensure that these pictures are a basis for reflection for a larger group. For example, to be spread within the company. So people can find out, I would like to establish this particular sentence as a guiding principle and the other not. So let me... So yeah. if, you, if you have another intention, like... Uh, the pilot group would find out my our intention is firstly to to meet each other and to get to know each other because we are a company which is uh, which is so widely spread that uh, people don't know each other the graphic recorder's task could be to make portraits of people so first you have to ask what's what's your intention what's the intention of the process and the people that gather and then you can make a strategy on what you want to show and how you gather information as a graphic recorder or as a visual facilitator to show something which is crucial for the intention of the group. Great. So anything else is just decoration. Yes. Um, Andy, let me try to gather whether I got this right. So in your first, yeah. um, you called it intervention, like it's basically the, the goal you want to achieve with that, with that yeah, intention. Yeah, intention. Um, was... Mm -hmm. Um, you basically made it visible like a like an like an un, uh, out, not outspoken um, like the elephant in the room what was the what was the layer yeah. that is not visible to visualize and mm -hmm. um, to bring it up to the wall 
as a guiding principle for the collaboration. Is this correct mm -hmm. some, in some way? Um, it's possibly, it, there is an, an so-called elephant, invisible elephant in the room. Yeah. To talk or to find out about this elephant and to look at this elephant from different angles could be an intention. Yeah, okay. There could be also other intentions, but the, the, the point that I want to make is that as a graphic recorder, you have to be closely connected with the content that comes from the group and the facilitator that facilitates the process. So if you are a graphic recorder and you meet a group and there is no facilitator, you either have to ask a group, will somebody facilitate this? Or to be a facilitator yourself as a graphic recorder. Yes, yeah. So even if your task is to record things, my attitude is that you are also in a way responsible for the change and the group process. And you have to ensure that you're not just only making scatterboards or visual candy or decoration or nice pictures that will please everybody but don't show the real thing in the room on the, 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 the subject, but to ensure that what you do is aligned with the process and is aligned with the facilitation. And, and this is like uh, you actually mentioned like drawing like great pictures, but there's... Where, yeah. where you do portraits for people is like you do mm -hmm. them with the purpose of connecting people of, of uh, make it memorable and and make yeah. it uh, create a real connection between people and have a laugh or maybe have a have this um, established this connection so there is there is this mm -hmm. um, great there is this ma or, or, um, intention like an an aligned intention to draw a great nice picture but it's mm -hmm. it's not a decoration in the room it is on purpose for great bringing people together this is what i heard mm -hmm. in the second yeah in, in there's basically two um, and to 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 put on or to to um, uh, build on this idea that you just mentioned marcel i i found for myself and also in discussions with other peoples in the field that there's basically two approaches visualization as a product and visualization of a as a process. Visualization as a product means uh, it's important to have a good result and a good visual result could be something attractive, structured, possibly um, also let's call it nice, yeah. <laughs> appealing. It's just it's something. just a great, yeah. great picture you Photoshop and you hand out and, and the in the booklet yes. of the conference, this and is, it's just a great yeah. picture to memory. Oh my God, that was a good conference. When, yeah, I give you an example. If you have a group of people with um, a low um, self-confidence, and the intention is to empower these people to be leaders, to lead their teams, to lead their projects, and you want to encourage them to speak up in a moment that you want their expertise and you want their resonance. I think visualization as a product could be possibly a good approach because um, the things that people say, not loudly, but, but that are important, if you visualize them, 
if you just um, collect special sentences which are which are important and you you value them with a picture that that uh, that uh, somehow gives an example of the sentence which might be abstract yeah or um, if you um, just display this information in, a, in an attractive way and you show them as a gallery af afterwards to all the other colleagues people usually are very proud of what they see because they contributed to that and they see that the facilitator but also possibly the leaders in the company value and estimate the things that you say which means for them uh, what I say is important and it is valued in a very attractive way because there was a graphic recorder which which made a piece of art out of our contribution yeah and I can actually give you a like so in this yep. in this case visualization as a product as a result is the right strategy on the other hand you could imagine a situation of um, of brainstorming and you just want people to commonly gather as much ideas as possible about a subject then the result of the mind map that you do as a graphic recorder possibly is not that important important is to be within the process and to immediately show what people say and possibly say um, to, 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 to inspire them is this um, shown or visualized in the correct way or do I have to add something yes or do I have to draw it in a different yeah. way so people might say ah yes I like it but but then please add that and that and that so within the process the visuals are important but the result is not that important because um, it's just a, a brainstorming and it's not about um, finding a solution at this very moment and I, I so in one situation, visualization as a product could be the right approach. And in another situation, visualization as a process could be the right approach. And let me, let me add to that an example of my, my life, like uh, as a professional agile coach as yeah. well. Like I, I'm having a strong IT background. When I work with, in, let's say, in retrospectives where we look back what went very well, you are, have often in teams um, more like, in, especially in IT teams, I would say a lot of introverts who are very, very smart, but they not step mm -hmm. up and say uh, out loudly what they, what they think. They wait for the right moment. If you work there with, mm -hmm. um, like I, I do them with, um, work with post-its or so, you just get this written down and then you produce this product as you, as you called it, then they, mm -hmm. they, they have this big picture in one drawing outcome, which is then um, a very nice way. I can actually run then through that uh, um, um, a retrospective without speaking. Just they hand mm -hmm. me post-its and I, I get the picture and I just draw them a summary mm -hmm. of the current mm -hmm. status quo. So... Yeah, that's I like really really like this idea, uh, this this example, Marcel, because I think this shows that um, visualization can be um, some kind of searching for the word in English. It's for me empowerment. Um, like, or what? Sorry, I wanted yeah, to give you the word in the mouth. It makes it makes good ideas not really bigger, but um, gives um, sets sets the stage for good ideas without people having to get up to the stage themselves which people that are like you like you just said introverted possibly technical or expert oriented people might not like to speak out loud so visualization takes this part for them 
to spread their ideas and to value them. Yeah. And and to give an example of the of the how how I understand what you said in the in this where a visual facilitation or graphic recording becomes an and and part of the process is I, I'm known as the guy who pulls a, a whiteboard behind himself and a, and a marker mm -hmm. and then comes to the, and, and discuss something where you where you just scribbled through. I'm not even using a tissue to clean this up or just to use my my mm -hmm. my fist to rub it off and just say do do I got this right? And this is not more than just arrows and 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 rectangles most of the time. Yeah, and that's where. It becomes part of the process because I, I pull it to the, let's say, uh, um, a six-pack of people like the, the, the um, self-organized team. And I, I pull it in front of them. I start with one person drawing and the other is like, oh, that's the problem. Oh, I have something to say. And then they're actually not saying anything. They're just pointing and, 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 and maybe I can even mm -hmm. pass on the, mm -hmm. the pen that the other person start drawing as well. And I'm... I'm through that having a quick design session just on the whiteboard. Is this what you mean with part of the mm -hmm. process? Yeah. And you just mentioned a very, very important thing that I also experience when working with groups, that people start to talk to the whiteboard. Yes. Yeah. And not talk to each other, which is possibly an advantage. Not always. Sometimes it's, it's very important that people talk to each other and, and there is no whiteboard. But if there's a common subject. I made good experiences with having people talking to the whiteboard and talking to the subject. Yes. Because there might be two different points of view or two different um, arguments. And if you talk to the subject, which is displayed or starts to, to emerge because there's a visual facilitator that does a draft. Yeah. Um, you don't have to argue with somebody else. You can add to his ideas. And you, you don't even have to look at him. You can look at the, at the common uh, purpose. You can look at the common project, which in some cases is um, more easy for people to talk about what they think than talking with each other and uh, having to deal also with the, with, uh, with the person. I'm, I'm not saying that because I want people just to talk with, with, with pinboards or with whiteboards and so on, <laughs> but sometimes it makes it easier yeah, absolutely. to express yes. your ideas. I actually think um, then you have something like a transmission layer, a relationship layer with that board established, yep. then on this layer you can have actually solve other conflicts or misunderstandings as well. But are, you're mm -hmm. in, especially in companies, you're, it's very much driven by the, by the content, by the solutions you create. Um, so this is mm -hmm. the currency in, in a company for the appreciation chain in, in, in many companies that I see. Yeah. And the, with, with that, that you, the, you have a good conversation and, an, and a good feeling afterwards. And it's like you walk away from there and then you feel he's not such a bad guy. Like, and it's a start of a change. And your next time mm -hmm. he's maybe coming around and asking, can we have a drawing session around that issue? Mm -hmm. So I think mm -hmm. actually long running, yeah. it can affect the company culture. What do yeah. you think? I think there's, there's two important things in what you just said, Marcel. Um, let me just point them out a little bit. The first thing 
um, that came to my mind just was uh, that people create something together, which means they all contribute to a common thing, which it's made visible as a draft, as a, as a prototype in front of their eyes. It can be a, it could be, it could be an engine. It could be also like um, uh, an abstract thing, like a, a process or, or, or like a new product, like a new, possibly a, a software product or whatever they, they work on. But they all can contribute in a way that they, that they focus on the purpose and they don't have to focus on the interaction between each other. So this, this is uh, something which, which energizes people because even if they have trouble with each other, they, they still can work together on something which is made visible, which is already there at the moment that you stop the conversation. So do you have a result? And that's also the second very important thing. People come out of the meeting with a result with something that's already there, although they had just had an hour of conversation about it. They just can take the um, flip chart paper and roll it up and put it under your arm and bring it to uh, the next meeting or to meet your team or to meet uh, another development group. So um, it's, it's actually something that we bring from our childhood. We want to um, create something together and we want to have a result it's like um jonas my son he's not at this age but i hope that when he's two or three years old he will bring pictures and show them to daddy and to say daddy just look what i've done yeah and i think the the fun of uh creating something it's very crucial to co-creation and collaboration and company spirit and um Possibly there, there was somebody there, like a visual catalyst, that uh, did the design for you, that made it visible. Still, it's part of your knowledge and part of your contribution. And in the second step, it could be that you draw yourself, even if you're not a draftsman or an artist. And then this feeling of creating something together with others gets even stronger. Just to... Um... On, on that, you mentioned earlier in the interview um, a word which is was called co-creation. Is it what yeah. you're referring at the moment to? Like this, this shared, um, um, because I don't know what that word means. And I wondered... Co-creation. Mm -hmm. is, this, is this 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 creating something together, um, um, this what you meant by that? Made click and in a second when yeah. you when you were talking mm -hmm. about that and it's like I, I haven't asked you about this word. Yeah. Co-creation is a word that I hear very frequently lately, mostly within um, technology companies, but also in other companies that um, have as an aim to uh, create no pro new products or new services or new processes and so on. And co-creation basically means that people enter a room, which could be um, literal or digital, and come out with something new where it is not important who said what or who contributed what, but as a group, they found something new talking to each other and working together 
in spite of different disciplines, in spite of hierarchies, in spite of um, different cultures, in spite of possibly different business models that they have within their work. So co-creation is something um, which has to do with creativity on the one hand, with solution-oriented work on the other hand, the first creativity is more diverging, the solution finding is more converging. And um, the most important thing is that people don't talk to each other as you are my employee or you are my boss or you are my team leader, but everything, everybody in this process is equal from the point of view of finding a solution. Mm -hmm. And there are methodologies that, that, that uh, are quite new to the field, which, for example, is design thinking, um, that set up a framework where this idea of um, co-creation is possible. And to get back to, uh, to the subject of our talk, um, visualization is possibly, and I'm not saying possibly, it's a culture technique that uh, should be part of the whole co-creation process. Because if you immediately see what you're creating, it's more easy to bring ideas together and it's more easy to build upon other people's ideas. And if everybody draws and make drafts of his ideas, no matter if it's a software project, or if it's a service, or it's a, it's a process that you're designing or redesigning. If everybody has a pen to, to collaborate and to contribute, um, the result is also some kind of um, manifestation of the co-creating process. I, I wonder if, you, if, it's, if it's clear, what the, uh, if, you, if the point that I want to make is clear. It's, it's absolutely The, the visualization, yeah. it's, it's some kind of tool but it's it's more than a tool; it's an attitude. So, so I, I can give you an example how this uh, plays out for me in my real world, mm -hmm. um, yeah. like in, in in what I do with teams, right? And when I run an yeah. inception or so with teams, I I basically cover the whole meeting rooms. I then take a, like the biggest meeting room and actually put out the wall, and then we have fifteen meters and uh, five meters in the other way, and then we cover literally um, um, fifteen meters. Until from bottom to the top of with paper, and we work through mm -hmm. over days, and and it um, we 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 it can take even a week to to get to explore the problem longer and and to really dig into and then come out of that slowly uh, with with a with a first draft who is our client or personas, and then you come out of that later maybe with a real uh, a story backlog of what you want to build. So that's like different mm -hmm. stages mm -hmm. in there, yeah. And I'm drawing like everyone draws then, like the, um, yeah, yeah, all the time. Makes complete and sense. The, yeah. the, the great thing about it is that people once people lose their self estimation, I cannot draw. I'm not an artist because their focus on finding a solution. Every drawing is as important as the others, and it's not matter if somebody's quite clever with the pen or he has some graphic abilities. I have, for example, in our trainings, we have a little exercise, which I call uh, thought sketching. Mm -hmm. And um, 
the, the task is, is very simple. Just people grab a pen and, and uh, a pile of paper and I ask everybody to write down one complex sentence of their work, which, uh, which could be something that they want to explain their clients or something that they deal with. So it's uh, sentences with a lot of acronyms and sentences with a lot of I have with a, with a very of complex yeah. syntax. Yeah. So um, and then we sit sit together, me as a trainer and and the the people, and everybody reads his sentence, and all of the circle, all the people, all of the people that sit in the circle have to make a draft, uh, trying to explain visually what they've heard, and usually. When we talk about the different drafts afterwards, the result that I did as a um, visual facilitation trainer with uh, 30 years or even more of artistic ability, usually my draft isn't the best one or the one that people think carries the, 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 the biggest contents. It's usually something that somebody else did who just had a half day of uh, visual training mm -hmm. and this shows me that when you focus on the content and if you focus on the solution everybody can draw and everybody can visually make a contribution no matter if he's a, a bright artist with a lot of experience or not because we all carry this inherent um, ability of express ourselves visually because we live in a visual culture so everybody um, just by intuition um, draw something which is valuable and can be used as a, a sound, a visual sounding board actually for the group and for the process. So let me try to recap. We coupled a bit, uh, we, we went through a bit like why, why we draw, right? Like we, mm -hmm. drawing is important. We empower people. Everyone is then equal in the room regarding their hierarchy level or things. Um, mm -hmm. And then we, we co-create a, a bigger picture and, and go through a process together where we, uh, maybe connect better with people and find better solutions for this really more and more complex world we're dealing with. So, and you then said everyone can draw, and you referred to to the training program we run. So, and mm -hmm. I, I I wanted to use this term everyone can draw like as a segue to come to the to the Picablo training uh, we offer around the world. And I would like yeah. to come back to to the point like. Uh, going back 12 years when you started with Holger doing your first recording and then said um, you then quite early started to to teach that as well. Let's go back into time mm -hmm. into to that point and say, so how does this teaching aspect that we the Picablo Academy runs today, how that it started then after this session in, Stutt in Stuttgart? I think it was only two or three months later that we ran our first training session with some fellow colleagues. Mm -hmm. It was uh, people in Holger's network that asked us to do a training for them because they liked the idea of visualizing themselves. And what we basically did was um, to run a two-day training um, covering some some basic technical things but also talking a little bit on what visualization is f with a with a historical background and i um, i'm not ashamed to say that we used powerpoint slides and the second training that we did half a year later we didn't use 
any PowerPoint slides because uh, we found out that for people it is more important or the time is invested in a more sensi sensible way if uh, people draw rather than think about uh, culture theories or art theories. So um, we cut down the theory part and we um, improve the systematic part of how to build up simple visuals. And with every training that we did, and we did this for years, sometimes it was just um, three or four trainings a year, then it became more and more, and we started also to train other trainers. And from training to training, the part where people learned how to draw became more and more systematic. Because, and this was a very, very important thing for me to learn, I learned from people without prior visual abilities how to teach them mm -hmm. in a very simple way to do great visualizations. Because as, a, as an artist or as, a, as, a, as somebody who is into this visual profession, you can, you can uh, actually uh, show people a lot of really fancy things to leave them with their mouth open to say, wow, that looks great. But you don't help them to learn it because it's too sophisticated. So you have to cut it down uh, to a very systematic um, toolbox of rules and techniques that you can learn in a very easy way just with the ability to hold the pen and to draw a line. And that's what we developed for years. And in the end, I think it was like three or four years ago, we uh, had an internal uh, um, train-the-trainer program with our colleagues. And then this was when my colleague Karina, which is running the, the management of the Bicablo Academy along with me now, and me... Um, set up a manual for the trainers to um, have uh, like a reference book how to teach the technique and that was the first moment that we call it the Picablo technique um, because we found out that the rules are really simple um, the ways that we draw our pictograms and containers and what so on can be uh, taught in a very easy step-by-step -step way that the way that you teach it is as important as what you teach and the selection of the visual vocabulary. We call it containers, pictograms, people and other graphic material is also crucial because people um, have on the one hand the need to have a vocabulary which is already set so they just copy and combine them combine this visual vocabulary by themselves to, to fit their purpose. And on the other hand, to uh, set up a room of learning and a situation of, 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 of creativity which uh, encourages people and lets people um, to, to be a child again in a way that they draw in a very spontaneous and, um, and cheerful way. So on the one hand, it's very systematic. On the other hand, it's very open and free and, and, and cheerful. So combining these two poles of the game, um, we found out during years and years and years in training and, and some thousands 
of participants that thought uh, that, that taught us how to teach them. Um, we found out uh, a methodology that now is the core of our training program. I let me let me recap on that a bit. Like yeah. you you came from two angles again. Like and you had this this childlike drawing, but then on the other side yes. this very systematic approach to drawing. Yeah, with containers mm -hmm. and pictograms and so the 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 two angles there is it's very systematic but it's also like this um this free child inner child in there and the mm -hmm. the um this this dawned to me not long not long so much a while ago like the when i because when i started i just um well maybe i step one step further and i think I'm a, a colleague yeah. of mine, Stefan Rook from IT Agile, where I worked. He came basically back, and everyone mm -hmm. had his mouth open, saying, "When did you learn that last night?" Mm -hmm. So that was like, "Wow, yeah, we had this." And he was not known to be a creative person. He's a very clever and smart thinker, but he was not yeah, an artist yeah. or not anything like this. And then it's like, okay, mm -hmm. we know straight away everyone can learn that. And then we read that. I think the whole company came to to uh, to you guys and learned it from there. But the, um, which is this, I, I, for me, it was like, oh my God, I can, this is great. And I can utilize it to, to teach people around agile. Mm -hmm. And, and, but it, the thing is like the systematic way as well created a bit of a safety net, created this, 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 um, because I'm, I'm an IT guy, I'm a systematic guy. So I'm, I'm looking to that. Um, yes, it's, it's, it looks like. Um, childish drawing like but it's actually give it a touch and it looks very professional and give it mm -hmm. a touch and it's very easy to learn and that's where yes um so for, so for example what what when we teach people to how to fill in a container and you're not smudging it um, in all angles and it looks like a two-year-old you just do line by line and just make it very nice so this this kind of little bit professionalism and and um and using colors not in, in a naturalistic way and, and losing colors in a corporate mm -hmm. and meaningful and layer of context way um mm -hmm. uh, gives this five percent that moves it into the angle that's that is safe that i can use it with the execs um of of any client i work with mm -hmm. and and it's it, it, it gives me permission to do it it's like um mm -hmm. And that's that's that dawned to me not long so a while ago. It's really the for me this this systematic approach and there makes it actually safe. Everyone is talking mm -hmm. about like vulnerability and it's so great and you should show more of yourself. But um, this is this can be very scary if you if you not be like in an in a safe place there um, and you you draw mm -hmm. and you mess it up, right? Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. What you just mentioned for me is very important and, and I think it's crucial to any kind of learning. Um, we do usually with people a two-day training and our purpose, our intention is that on the third day they practice it <laughs> and that also three years later we meet and they still practice it and they developed possibly their own style but they the most important thing is that you can immediately incorporate what you've learned in your everyday life and you get good feedback and you you have fun doing that and you develop by yourself and you we can just give them 
uh, open them the first door. So um, for us, it is very important that people really feel encouraged and that they really like uh, what they see when they draw. So the um, how to say that the, the the visual attractivity, visualization as a product, as I mentioned before, for beginning is very important, and that you have a, like a toolbox of rules that you can refer to. You can you can um, look in the little starter booklet that we hand out with the training. Um, the day later and to to try again how did you did, did Marcel did the shading and how was this specific pictogram that I want to use uh, what are the basic shapes that it's made of and uh, I want people to like what they do and therefore I have at the first for, for opening the first door and f helping them to do the first steps um, um, encourage or, or empowering them to do something that they like up to a certain point where they start to develop their own thing. But like learning uh, sports or learning a music instrument or learning any other kind of ability, it is very important that people have fun doing that and they feel encouraged and they feel secure doing it. And visualization is something that you don't do for yourself. It's not a hobby. It's not like... Um, whatever something you do in your private life, it's a, it's a professional skill. And if people like using this skill, they will improve. And if they feel insecure using it, they won't improve. Yep. So the thing that people draw in our classes should look in a way that they like it. So and that's the first step. And then they will possibly or usually show what they did to others. And they usually get a very positive feedback which, which um, is astounding for them because somebody else uh, who doesn't know how, it's, how, how they did it, they just see a very interesting and uh, clear, structured display of a complex idea and they say, wow, now, now I understand what you mean and now I, can, I have the, the big picture of the idea, and, but how did you do that? And this is something which, which makes you proud and that's the same pride with children that did their first drawing or showed them to daddy. And it's, that's great. And it's something that we should keep, the pride of, of, of the, the things that we've done. You meant the pride of things you, you, you have done. I think that's, yeah. and, and this is, the thing is like, it's not like for me, uh, from, in my ph uh, philosophy, like you, you can really differentiate between an exclusive pride where you, you are better than others or you just pride in mm -hmm. yourself and you invite everyone to to be like mm -hmm. an equal situation mm -hmm. and just as inclusive pride and this is where, where yeah. i want to if you can light up this fire like uh, and everyone is a bit like pr proud they actually roll up the the, the flip shots in the end of the celebration piece and, and take that home mm -hmm. right but for me the most important thing is the first day back at work after the training and the question there is like how do we guide the people um, to do the logical next step that they need to use the skills in their daily life. Because I'm, for me, it's, it's very, very important that I don't waste my time um, uh, teaching someone and then you go out of this training and forget about everything. Right. This is like sure, the, we have enough sure. training of that on the market. And I think Picalo, we really yes. make a worldwide difference with that point. And mm -hmm, mm -hmm. so this is like, 
the smallest step possible um, after this training where you have this huge energy in the room with 12 people and you just bumped up with energy and I, I regular tweet about this outcomes at the group picture at the end of this and the people are so energized with that that it's not a problem but then they the next day is the is the thing where it really makes a difference yeah yes mm -hmm. um what i yeah what i like is um which is also one of the the let's say possibly guiding principles or part of the philosophy. It's like a pillar for, for the Bicablo Academy. Uh, we have three pillars or three, three foundations. The first foundation is to um, allow people to make an extraordinary learning experience, to learn very much, which is very important for their work in a very short time. The second thing that we want to do is always to be you know, innovative and to create new things. New things can be new visual vocabs, but can also be new methodologies, how to work with a group of visuals, and also um, to spread visual language into fields that haven't been touched by that before. And the third thing, which becomes a more and more interesting and, and important thing for me, is uh, to create communities. Um, what we try to do more and more with uh, approximately 1,500 people that we teach a year, which is a large group of people that don't know each other, to give them the possibility or to encourage them and to help them and to set up services for that, um, to create small communities within their companies, just with two or three fellow colleagues, to draw five minutes in your coffee break up to a big community where people exchange and they find wow, there's other visual working people in the world and they also want to share. And we we, we setting up, for example, a, um, um, an internet platform, community platform for that. So people can share their work and just visit it to feel encouraged by others and to be part of a, of a, of a community which connects people by this very, very um, cheerful practice. And, and I think if you leave the training and you want to improve, and it's the most important, or the, the, the best thing you can do is to find people that do the same. Either you find them or you have to create them, just telling your best mates in, the, in, in, in your team uh, what you've did in the training and to, to go on drawing with them. And maybe being in a, in a little way their teacher and their their coach with visuals and that that that's something that I find always the most um, the most powerful thing when I talk to people that've been to our classes like two or three years ago when they've been um, in a in a group of once they created a group or became part of of a community usually they um, improved their skills and their style and developed own things and possibly became, um, they got, got to a different role in their company because now they're the visual facilitators of the company. And community is a very, very important thing yeah. for that. Um, so we're, we're trying to set up communities. For, for me, this, this, this was my, like how I started, right? 
It's like yeah. I, I, I migrated to Australia like three years ago and, and um, I worked on a visa where I could even not work my own business. So I'm, I'm, I'm mm-hmm. but I like drawing. I like visual facilitation so much. So I started with running a meetup in Melbourne and, and today we have like more than 250 people on this uh, meetup. Mm-hmm. And the, the um, and now with, with running this training classes, like now Sydney has a meetup group, um, which is like Visual Thinking Sydney. And then now Brisbane picks up and, and starts. Um, it's like uh, four people were in my class in like two months ago in Sydney and they, they put up a meetup. So they community for because you're just passionate about it and you just saw, saw value in that and you, you use it in your your day-to-day uh, business in your context mm-hmm. that it actually gave you this feedback that it actually uh, maybe you haven't felt in, in a long while in your business. And now you you are, um, found a way to express that and lead people with, with your visual skills. So it's, mm-hmm. um, yeah, this, this community building is, is, is a very, very strong movement, like mover. Yes, yeah. yes. So Martin, Martin, when we look at... Um, um, also the time, but also like where, where we go, like uh, in the, mm-hmm. in, from where we are now, we have, we have like, I think around 20 trainings or 30 trainings a month in, in German speaking Europe, but we have a, mm-hmm. a training in London, um, pretty soon we have Sydney, mm-hmm. Melbourne, I'm working on other cities and then mm-hmm. in Australia and New Zealand and, and the, where, where do we go? What, what, what do you see the future of? Um, of the Picablo Academy going forward? Mm-hmm. Personally, um, as the executive director, uh, we, we just half a year ago, we started the company. So we are, we've been much into designing the, the company itself, but now it's, it's almost finished. We are, we are happy with, with, with our business processes now. So we are looking uh, to the future a bit. And um, for me, there's two or three things which are for the future our main points of action or areas of, of, uh, of action. The first thing is the community thing, to set up, uh, to, to network and to connect people that are visual practitioners within the Bicablo community. Not everybody has to use Bicablo style, the, the drawing technique. It's, it, for me, it's, that's not in, important. For me, it's important that people develop by themselves, um, being part of a community. So that's the first thing. The second thing is that we are focusing a lot on the question of how to facilitate meetings and workshops in real time. So that's visualization as a process. And therefore, we are developing techniques that are more um, even more simple and, and more apt to also whiteboarding or very quick sketching on the, on the flip chart. So we are developing methodologies now to teach people in a also very short way, like one or two day training, to be a scribe within a meeting or a workshop. And uh, we've, did, we've done our first steps towards that because we have, um, our clients are challenging us, asking us uh, for training which goes more into meeting facilitation rather than doing um, presentation posters. So that's, that's a field of development which is, which is um, coming now, and we are, we, are, we are into that. And the third thing is, um, for me, very, very interesting and very empowering, is to combine uh, the visual practices 
the visual practice with other fields of work. For example, in our new trainer team in Germany, we have a, a lawyer. She's, uh, it's, it's Andrea. She works as a lawyer, and she's also a mediator. I, I, I wonder if, if the word is correct in English, so somebody who, who um, helps people to solve conflicts mm -hmm. on, a, on, on a level which is not the court, but before... Um, Before you go Before to the court, to right? Court. To solve yeah, yeah, the conflict, yeah. yes. Yep. So, so she set up a training with another colleague, with Carola, which is uh, visualization and mediation, because they found out that visuals can be very helpful in this very specific dialogue process. Absolutely. Or uh, we are thinking of connecting visualization more to um, process frameworks or methods that are That, that set up uh, dialogue rooms for um, for for co-creation, like it is design thinking, or also agile frameworks like um, like uh, Scrum, for example. So this this area of work is to connect visual abilities with specific fields of work, and there's yet another fourth thing that we are exploring at the moment is to set up an international trainer community. So we have a lot of uh, inquiries from, from people, mostly, mostly it's mostly Europe, but also from, from Far East um, and, and from America that would like to become decoupler trainers. So we say, wow, well, um, um, uh, we don't have a program for that so far, but we are trying to set up also a framework that makes it possible for people that like, and, and, and Marcel, you're the best example for that, that just want to run and start their business being a visual trainer within the Bicabla community. So there could be, possibly in a few years, could be more trainers all around the world. I think it will focus a bit on Europe because we are based here, um, but also in other parts of the world that there are trainers that um, are part of our community and uh, do the couple training, but also um, inspire the community by creating new methodologies, new fields of work, and so on. So that's something I'm really excited about, and this could also be a focus in the future. And on on top of that, I'm when I when I like if you if we if this like becomes a um, like if different trainers or different. Um, uh, um, countries pick this up as well they have different needs right meeting facilitation mm -hmm. is a is strong i get that is a strong um um in our western culture maybe a, a strong yes. uh, thing mm -hmm. and, and, and it needs to be effective and efficient and all this um uh, buzzwords mm -hmm. there um but the the like for example i had recently uh, people attending in, in my joining class in sydney who work with indigenous people um, where mm -hmm. their language is not English as a first language, and mm -hmm. they mm -hmm. they they basically use these icons and use this as a yes. as a way to to uh, tell the story and tell mm -hmm. um, and, and and communicate with people. So, mm -hmm. like, and this this is just Australia. So if you look at, um, yeah, I can't make up a. Um, let's see what what China has as a as mm -hmm. a as mm -hmm. a um, interesting uh, questions there. We, Maybe mm -hmm. even our icons we have in a Western society come to a point mm -hmm. where it's mm -hmm. not it's not working, right? It's like, yes. So it's very very exciting, I find. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I think you made a good point about uh, how different cultures work with visuals. 
And I personally would rather learn from these uh, different cultures than to try to teach them our pictograms. Absolutely. For example, talking about Australia, I've never been there. And I don't know very much about the Aboriginal culture, but what I've heard and what I've also learned from people who who deal with um, with this whole uh, very interesting world of Aboriginal culture, that the Aboriginals have a very strong visual culture and use visual in a completely different way than we do. So it would be great to set up some kind of um, common experience or common learning ground with different people from different cultures to to find out about what possibilities visualization gives to everybody and how they can inspire others to use it in a different way. For example, for me, being a Western-oriented graphic designer, quite rational, I would call it, for me, visuals are a quite a rational tool. Mm-hmm. But talking to people that are more um, spiritually oriented, um, I can learn a lot about how visuals can also help you to develop your personality or to express yourself in a more deeper way. I'm not an expert in that, but I like to learn from people who have this this uh, passion. And uh, I always find out that, 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 that our way of of making projects and processes visual are just a little part of the possibilities where visual thinking can enhance personal development, communication, community building, or whatever kind of activities. I think that's that's pretty much a great wrap-up. Like, bringing people together... um, culture perspective, different angles, 360 degree and building one world, like to, to bring the people together. Um, mm-hmm. I'm pretty excited with that. And um, yeah, I would say we leave it there. Thank you very much, Martin, yes. for, for sharing your time with me. And, um, and um, yeah, please um, greet everyone there in Cologne. And um, yes. have a, what time is it now in Cologne? It's a quarter to 11, so, so time for a second breakfast. Perfect. All right. And I do dinner. <laughs> All right. Then thank great. you very much, Martin, and have mm-hmm. a great day. Thank you for sharing. Thank you very much. for spending your time with me. Cool. Goodbye. Bye. Hey, guys. I really enjoyed this conversation with Martin. There is so much more to explore in the world of visualization. And if you like it as well and learn something, maybe share it with your friends and your family, uh, your colleagues, and jump over on iTunes and leave us a comment what you what we could do better next time. Um, as well as there are trainings coming up in Sydney and Melbourne. And if you like to learn more and explore the world of visualization for yourself, then jump on my website. It's marcelvanhove.com for Sydney and Melbourne. And if you're somewhere in Europe, just jump on bicablo.com and you find a training close to you. Thank you very much for listening and hope to see you soon.